Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Wednesday. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. You're a wreck. An absolute wreck. I'm very frustrated and disappointed. How about that? No, you're a wreck. I mean, the schedule releases tomorrow. You don't know At what least order I have the games that. are in. I mean, oh, my god. At least goodness. I have that and I have all, all rise going deep last night. You're all, I mean, give me, oh, please. That's, it's May. Uh, <laughs> you're hanging, it's, like, it's like saying that Embiid had 42 in a game in November. Uh, so, come on. Uh, you, know, you, you know, you're a wreck. Yeah, that was ugly last night. That was not fun to watch. Oh, no, but you're hoping that, you know, the Eagles have, like, four Sunday night games and a Monday game. Well, I know they have two Monday night games already, which is is fun. That's just great. Oh, a reason to live. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Okay. Jahan Dotson today, by the way. Thomas Frank Carr today. I'm worried about you. This just has not been your week. You were already a nervous wreck to begin with. You saw what I wrote on Mark's birthday thing. (laughs) Yes, I did. Go ahead, tell everybody. Well, Lisa and I conveniently forgot that yesterday marked his 11th month birthday, so we did a belated post yesterday, and Steve probably says, so you remember when the NFL schedule is coming up and you forget your kid's birthday? Sad. (laughs) Whoops. Look, if you can't have some laughs in life, Okay, <laughs> that's what we're doing. All right, having some laughs. Look, I'm going to make all these posts. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I did. I, you know me. I rarely post anything on Facebook. I did yours, and I did one on Mertzi's. Yes, I saw that one, too. Mer- Mertzi had a picture 
of bowlers, and he, I guess, he, I guess he moved the pillows around. Correct. Where he kind of cre- created his own throne, his own kingdom. Yes, as per usual. All right. Well, good for him. All right. And I, and I, and I wrote on hers that I interviewed Michael Jordan face to face once, and I've had many people ask me, "Gee, what was he like?" And I and I always had this. I've always had the same answer. He knows exactly who he is. I said, and then I put that. So I wrote that. I said, and that's Bullers. He knows exactly who he is. <laughs> oh my goodness! And then there's you. Thursday, May twelfth, the schedule relief. Mark's eleven month more than that. Oh, jeez, oh, really? Now, the even better thing with this is for tomorrow, if the Sixers stink up the place again and, and basically are eliminated, then I at least have a little bit of a distraction. Because I, I was basically checked out by the end of the third quarter last night. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. <sighs> starting to worry about you. I mean, what's next? The Philadelphia Stars aren't winning enough in the USFL. The last time I checked, they're one and two. Other than that, I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't have told you in a million years what their record is. And I only knew that because NBC's posting about it five times a day to try and get the two people right. on their TV to watch. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and can you blame them? Once again, I'm just waiting for that to fold, just like when the XFL starts. We'll wait for that to fold again, and then this will be all over. Well, what's I know they're saving money. What's bad about the USFL, to me, is, you know, Philadelphia doesn't play a game in Philadelphia. New Orleans doesn't play a game in New Orleans. Every game is in Birmingham. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Who's the only undefeated team in the in the USFL? I'm guessing that's Birmingham. Yes. There you go. <laughs> they have fans. They show up. It's like great. Okay. Um, the Athletic, which I do subscribe to, and if you like long form sports writing, and they have a lot of it. Like Zach Berman, Eagle Buzz, Draft Strategy, Nicobe Dean, questions this in the secondary and more. Matt won't be able to read it, nor will I read it to him because he doesn't subscribe. It's a very thoughtful article. Probably a lot of negative stuff about the Eagles in there. Whew. Especially about the schedule release. It's all in the inside word is it's all in a bad order. Just kidding. I, who cares? <laughs> no, senor! No, senor! No, senor! Nobody cares. <laughs> and they're going to get millions of people watching this tomorrow, including you. That's right. <sighs> okay. So, Nicole Auerbach and Stuart Mandel combined on an article 
that talks about the name, image, and likeness and the NCAA saying they're going to tighten rules or whatever surrounding him. And (laughs) there were several agents, representatives, whatever, that are quoted in here. So let's start with this. Okay, this is from the article. Sports agent Russell White, whose Utah-based firm Encore Athlete Marketing represents around 80 college athletes, had this reaction to the NCAA tightening control over name, image, and likeness. Quote, I think it's adorable that the NCAA is acting as if they're going to crack down on anything. (laughs) Not exactly the start you wanted to see if you were the NCAA to the article. Now, as I pointed out, it's... The Alston case, the ruling on Alston is very narrow. That's not... Okay, that's not the part that opened up name, image, and likeness. It is, you know, but what was was during when you read the opinion of Justice Brett Kavanaugh that said, "quote The NCAA's business model would be flatly illegal in almost any other industry in America." That's the sentence that opened up name, image, and likeness. Attorney Mike Caspino, the moment they come to try to interfere with one of my client's deals, the next day is the moment they get hit with an antitrust lawsuit. Oh, boy. And that's... Those are the two words that are the kryptonite to the NCAA, antitrust lawsuit. Caspino represents several football recruits that have landed six- and seven-figure deals with school-specific booster collectives. They're saying that there is a whole class of people, boosters, who can't participate in the market for athletes' name, image, and likeness rights. That's like saying red-haired people can't buy meat. That's antitrust. Ten months and dozens of school-specific collectives later, the subcommittee felt compelled to clarify that their existing booster rules include such groups and should be enforced. We had to make a business decision to say, you know what, this is the line in the sand, Gene Smith, the Ohio State Athletic Director, told The Athletic. There's going to be risk with that position that we're going to take. There always is with these type of things. We could get sued. But for the betterment of the whole and all student-athletes we serve, we've got to take that risk. Good for Gene Smith. Good. He hopes the infractions process on these type of violations is expedited so cases aren't being adjudicated years after the alleged offenses. 
Four members of the NIL subcommittee said they expect the board of directors to be the entity that decides whether or not the enforcement staff looks into deals that have been signed in the past 10 months. John Duncan, by the way, is the vice president of enforcement. He says he's waiting for clearer direction from the membership before chasing down athletes, schools, and boosters. (laughs) And, of course, that's frustrating high-ranking officials. Like, get to it now. Don't wait. That's what they're saying. Val Ackerman, the commissioner of the Big East, said, we forecasted pretty much everything that's happened except for collectives. We didn't envision packs of donors banding together to create pools of money they would spend, in some cases, indiscriminately. This isn't what we predicted. This is an effort to clarify that a collective run by donors falls within the meaning of a booster. Okay, then what is mega booster John Ruiz at Miami? He openly advertised that his business, Life Wallet, made an $800,000 NIL deal for a men's basketball transfer, Denzel Pack. 400000 this year, 400000 next year, and it is alleged there's a car involved. Ruiz says all of his deals have been approved by Miami's compliance department and will withstand any challenge from the NCAA. He believes trying to retroactively sanction a school over discussions between a business like his and a potential signee would be the equivalent of not posting a speed limit on a road and then ticketing the driver for speeding. The biggest issue is that schools should be able to participate in name, image, and likeness, Ruiz said. How can you be punished as a member school for the actions of those you really can't control? Ruiz, whose deals require Miami athletes to participate in promotional activities like Life Wallet, has suggested repeatedly that collectives are at greater risk of NCAA scrutiny. Which, by the way, according to what we're reading here, would be true. A source at one school's collective said the NCAA stance should not affect their group because their donors have no direct contact with the recruits before they arrive on campus. In other words, the, the idea of the collective is, is that once you're there, then you're involved with the collective. Potential dollar figures may be communicated through intermediaries. Caspino said he deals primarily with lawyers for the collectives, which are formed either as for-profit LLCs or non-profit 501c3s. White said that's exactly what they're trying to do is go after boosters, eliminating compensation, which at the core of all of this, the NCAA is no longer allowed to limit a kid's compensation. An NIL industry source said, quote, since the beginning of time, it's been important to the NCAAs that the boosters not be involved in the recruiting process, and for 10 months that was ignored. It will likely be ignored. It likely will it likely not be ignored any further, but someone will need need to be made an example of. This is worse than anything that the NCAA has dealt with. 
But you know why? Because they're being, okay, they're being reactive and they weren't proactive. Exactly. That's why. In other words, they had everything to go on name, image, and likeness in October a year and a half ago. And because they feared antitrust and they feared being sued, they backed off. The lawyers told them to back off. I mean, you gotta, you got to take some chances sometimes. All right, we'll come back. I'll, I'll say something quickly about this, then we'll get to a couple of items here, including T. Frank on today's show and Jahan Dotson as well. Matt's a wreck here on uh, News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right. Uh, we'll talk a, bit, a little bit about the um, TV part for the Big Ten. Thomas Frank Carr, 406 today. And then 445, we've got John Dotson today. Matt continues to be a wreck. He's worried that the Eagles may have to play good teams in back-to-back weeks. <laughs> Even though the word is out, in all seriousness, the Eagles, I believe, have one of the eight weakest schedules in the NFL this season. Yep. What a relief. You must That must make you happy because you don't like competition. <laughs> well, you know, it gives me some hope, I guess. Some hope. My goodness. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. So a guy hits the ball, and the ball hits Joel Embiid in the face. Doc Rivers goes crazy, gets a technical. Jeez, Doc, the ball hit him. I mean, come on. <laughs> he got hit with the hand. No, too. he didn't. No, he did not. He did not. It got all ball in the face. Okay? He did not get touched. Okay? By the hand, the body, or anything. It was the ball. He hit the ball. The ball hit his face. (laughs) Like, that happens. It's basketball. That happens. I mean, he didn't didn't touch him. Technical. I think he got the technical because his team stunk. <laughs> I think that's the reason he got it. You know, I'm going to go crazy, protect my guy. You honestly think he got hit by him? I mean, it, it looked like it to me, but no, I, I saw the look it again. No, 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 no. The ball hit him. I mean, Grant Hill was right. The ball hit him. In other words, the ball hit him because... I don't even know who the player was. Hit the ball. Well, you're allowed to hit the ball. <laughs> you, know, you are allowed to do that because you're going after the ball. In other words, you know, how many times you see somebody, you know, just as a simple, I'm going to knock it off, I'm going to knock it off you out of bounds. Right? But he was, boom, he hit the ball. He didn't, you know, and the ball turned out to hit Embiid in the face. But that's that's what happened on that play. Oh, it's so 
difficult always being the neutral arbitrator on the show, dealing with all the over-emotional people. No good! No good! No good! I mean, do I always have to be the only neutral guy? <laughs> I mean, really. I don't care who wins the thing. <laughs> That's the difference. I don't care. All right. All right, so uh, today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, that's the best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee, which means so much. There's no getting around it. And a service department that backs all of it up. Inspections, routine, diagnostics, you name it, they can handle it. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Okay. It's all about adjustments for the Sixers now. They're going to have to make adjustments, and believe it or not, the adjustments the Sixers are making, will not. it's not the offensive end. All their adjustments are going to have to be on the defensive end. He didn't play well defensively at all last night. There's really no adjustments to make. It's just uh, play better. <laughs> I think it's simple as that. There was just no effort last night. Well, that's not good when it's the pivotal fifth game. Yeah, that's why it was frustrating and disappointing to watch last night. Mm, they they did not look ready to play from, from the tip, and it showed throughout the rest of the game. I think a lot of people should be fired. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's get to TV, by the way. Saturday's television-only audience, by the way, for the Derby, 15.8 million. It's really good. Really, really good. All right, so now let's get to the Big Ten for a moment. They'll probably have the deal done by um, uh, Memorial Day, but they may not announce it until right around June 5th. You're asking why. This is the part where you jump in. Correct, yes, why? That's a really good question. <laughs> I try. I got to give you a lot of credit. You're really on your game today. <laughs> it's this. Uh, the Big Ten presidents and chancellors are scheduled to meet on June 5th. And it would make sense to announce it in conjunction with that. The Big Ten contract, the current one, in football will be done by the Big Ten championship game on December 3rd? I'm trying to think. Yeah, December 3rd, I think, is the Big Ten championship game. That's when the Big Ten football contract is done, comes to a close. 
And then, of course, the basketball contracts run through March 14th, which is the uh, when the CBS contract runs out for the championship game. So they want everything in place by the end of this month, and then June 5th they would announce what they're doing. It looks like on the surface that it is going to be at minimum two cable enti- entities and two over-the-air entities. Now the question is, will it be also, will there also be a streaming entity? And I don't mean like ESPN Plus or something like that. That's not That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Apple, Amazon, whatever. So, you know, at minimum, it's two over-the-air entities. At minimum, it's two cable entities. And, you know, beyond the Big Ten Network, by the way. That's in place till 2032. And the other entity is, uh, and then we'll see if there's any other entity like a streaming entity. But June 5th's about the neighborhood. It may leak out before then as to what it is, but the official announcement might not be until June 5th for that reason, because that's when the Big Ten presidents and chancellors are meeting. So to give you a hint on where they stand with that. And... um, And look, they have, you know, they're going to get a lot of money out of this. There's no getting around it. They will get a lot of money out of it. And the Big Ten has a lot to stand on. There were 72 college football games last season that had audiences of 3.5 million or better. 58 of the 72 involved either the SEC or the Big Ten. Now, in Big Ten-only games, where it was only the Big Ten, you know, because obviously, you know, like games like Penn State, Auburn, Ohio State, Oregon, those are included in the that, you know, that 72, Okay. Or the 58 of the 72. but So again, 58 of the 72 games that had 3.5 million viewers or more last season were, had at least one Big Ten team in, had at least one SEC team in, okay? There were 18 Big Ten-only games. 18 Big Ten only games that had three and a half million viewers or more. What's interesting is that of the 18, they weren't all just divisional games. There were nine pure divisional games that had three and a half million viewers or more. You know, like Penn State, Ohio State, Ohio State, Michigan, things like that. Penn State, Michigan. Right? But there were nine crossover games. 
division versus division. And, for example, Penn State and Iowa had 6.9 million viewers. That opening game on Thursday night, Ohio State, or maybe a Friday night, Ohio State, Minnesota, I think it was a Friday night because Penn State played at Wisconsin, so we were watching the game. Uh, in Madison, Ohio State, Minnesota had 6.3 million viewers. Michigan, Nebraska had 4.6 million. Now let's look at the Pac-12. The Pac-12... Now, this is in Pac-12-only games, including the championship game. Only had three games that exceeded 3.5 million viewers. That includes the championship game. You know how many the ACC had? Here, you can jump in with a guess. How many do you think the ACC had last year? None. Exactly. Zero. But I I laugh all the time. Every time I hear somebody, we should join the ACC. I'm like, oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> Get your emotions out of the way about how much you hate the Big Ten. It's financially not smart at all. <laughs> okay. okay. You got to This is a, this is, this has to be approached in a business sense, going to the ACC is bad business for Penn State. Being in the Big Ten, good business for Penn State because the TV deals and everything that goes with it. The ACC television deal runs through 2036 and has a slight incline when it comes to Money, you're about to see a potential quantum leap, which benefits when you have 31 programs. You need, and Pat Kraft's going to take over this athletic department on July 1. This TV deal will be in place. It's going to allow him to plan out what he can do budget wise for every program across the board because of this TV deal. Question is going to be the question to me is not. I realize for for you, the viewer, you want to know where the games are going to be. That part I totally understand. That's exactly what you should be concentrating on. I'll be looking at two elements: one, the money each year and the increases that are built in. That would be one. Number two would be the length of the deal. And the annual media revenue right now is $54 million per school for this fiscal year. That's what it is right now. Then once that's settled, now the Big Ten can now start settling other elements. So, you know, are you going to stay with divisions? If you do, what do they look like? Are you going to go 1 through 14 with the top two teams being in the title game? Whatever, because the NCAA is going to drop the the two division, you know, is going to drop the minimum number standard for championship games. It's going to let every conference determine how they want to do it themselves. That's fine. Uh, they're going to do that in the next week or two. Or they're going to do that. 
Um, and then the SEC is going to decide what they're going to do with future schedule. Because the SEC is going to, obviously, when Texas and Oklahoma jump into a 16-team league. So will they be in divisions, or will they be 1 through 16, and how will they do it? And the next element is, there are many people expecting that in a 16-team, a 16-school setup in the SEC that they would be more inclined to add a conference game to get the nine, which then at that point leaves only the ACC at eight among the Power Five conferences. That would be important. That starts to level the playing field on you know requirements. I mean, but again, the SEC and the Big Ten, they have more money than anybody, but they justify it. Of the 72 college football games with at least 3.5 million viewers last season, 58 of them involved either a Big Ten team or an SEC team, and sometimes both. What does it tell you? That's only 14 other games in the entire country that had 3.5 million viewers or more that that's it, involving everybody else. Big 12, Pac-12, ACC. And by the way, the ACC, that was ACC team versus ACC team. That doesn't mean, like, for example, Clemson, you know, uh, Clemson may have had a game against somebody that had more than 3.5 million viewers. Like, Clemson, Georgia had 3.5 million viewers. But again, that would have been one of the 58 I could see let's let's just pick out one. I would say that USC UCLA probably did. I would guess Oklahoma Texas did. I'd be hard pressed to pick out other games that didn't, you know, that are I mean, there's no I mean you you saw what the ratings were in the ACC championship game. They were terrible. But Pitt play who? Wake Forest? Yes. Yeah. They were terrible. I didn't get the three and a half million. I don't even think it got the two million. I think it was like one point six million. You consider the matchup too. Well, those are your two best teams, right? Uh, yeah, it, they they were. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> okay. But the, you know the SEC and the the big see now that, the, with the TV contracts the SEC is all set. Everything for them kicks into high gear starting in 2024. Big Ten is about to have their deal put into place. You now are going to have the Big Ten SEC. They are in one category. They are one A. Pac-12, Big Twelve, ACC. They're now one B. Group of five is is two. So now I don't expect the Big Ten, by the way, to change how it you now to change divisions or anything like that until the college football playoff expansion is settled. That's just me. You know, how is the college football playoff going to look? How many teams are going to be in starting in 2026? Whatever. 
that's when I start looking at the Big Ten saying, okay, how do they want to go about their business? So I think the divisions stay intact at least temporarily. At least. Doesn't bother me if they stick with the divisions the way they are. That doesn't bother me. But others may have a different opinion, and that's fine. Whatever they come up with, it's okay with me. It's fine. Okay, we'll take a break. Come back. I wanted to do as much of a segment as I could talking about the the TV part of it and, and really go into it because I'm trying to keep Matt away from the ledge today and, like, I'm trying to distract him. It's just it's awful. You just seem you just seem angry. Everything's a problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 frustrated from last night. But like I said, at least the Yankees are playing as well I mean, as they are. I mean, Another sweep. I mean the Suns won. The no mean, hitter last night. They are no a fun team to watch night. and that was fun to see, yes. I mean, you know, there's no hitter last night. Yeah. We may or may not hear from that coming up. All right. Take a break. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory trained techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. Thomas Frank Carr, next half hour. We'll talk about the Penn State quarterbacks in this film evaluation of all four. Jahan Dotson at 445 today. Matt's a wreck. He's concerned the Eagles may have to play tough teams in back-to-back weeks in November. <laughs> wow. Well, I just I just saw on Twitter here that it looks like the Eagles opener is going to be at Arizona. Oh, no. They've got a quarterback. Well, no, it's a winnable game, but I just don't like the idea of going out west to start off the year. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Oh, no. They got nine home games this year, too. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh. DeAndre Hopkins is suspended. He won't play in the game. That's true. That is a big help. Um, God, do I have to point out all the positives? 